rolling, rolling. We are rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. Got uh, end of the year, 2023, part two. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Flip the Record. And as Joey said, part two of our year in review here. Um, so last week we did top songs and top artists. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this week... Um, We'll finish it up. Top ten albums, bottom five albums. Although I have eight. Yeah, I think I've got a. I've got eight that deserve to be in the bottom five. I've got a list of thirteen, but I'll I'll rattle them all off and then I'll say my top five after. Okay. Uh, three surprising artists, artists that we've covered that just surprised us in one way or another. We'll get into that a little bit more, and then tier ranking of all the artists. Yes, we got a special tier list for that. That will be fun. Uh, before we kick all this off, I don't really have any nonsense from this week other than did some did some moving with some buddies today. And I won't exaggerate it to the nth degree, but moving moving does put your mortality in 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 picture a little bit. <laughs> there were several instances this morning where we saw a serious injury narrowly avoided. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, dude. It's just like when you're climbing up inside of U-Haul, down a U-Haul, you know, up and down stairs trying to move couches and shit. It's just quickly, quickly gets over the top here. Yeah, we had, nobody got hurt, but, man, we had some close calls. Um, but I don't know. Moving's not so bad, man. People bitch and moan. It sucks. But, like, you get the right crew together, it really doesn't suck that bad. It yeah, sucks I, when you I got, hate it. It sucks when you got, like, you get, like, I don't know, a group of the boys together to move some shit. And you got one guy who's just like dicking around, you know, that sucks because like you're not you're not his his dad. So you can't be like, yo, fucking move your ass <laughs> there. There's a line to where you could say something. But like, bro, we, we literally we get to the house. We're dropping the stuff off at. And the one guy's in the basement talking to uh, my buddy's wife's dad. And I'm like, bro, what are we doing? I came upstairs and I jokingly said, like, oh, yeah, homeboy found a hack just talking to the dad so he doesn't have to move shit. But, like, what are we doing? Anyways, uh, yeah, so that's all that's going on with me, man. Anything for you? Uh, no, pretty nonsense-free week for me. I didn't have to work for most of it. So, uh, good vibes. And yeah. we're doing this on a Saturday, which means it's always a good podcast when we record on like a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, just more time, a little freer, a little easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Monday, the Mondays are normally like a little bit like I don't know. I'm still tight from the the work day, you know. Yeah. But I get you. You want to start with albums? That'll probably take the longest. Yeah, let's do albums because we're going to talk about these. Um, you want to do the same thing that we did for last week, where we kind of like snaked around. So like yeah. 10, yeah, nine, let's nine, do that. Eight. Yeah. Okay. And I'll say there's a few albums in here, and I'll start marking it when I believe it, that are absolute 10 out of 10s. Um, not all of them, but a good chunk of them are 10 out of 10s. Um, so, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, I think I started last week, so why don't you go ahead with 10? Sure. So my number 10 here, this is the best album from this artist. It's really their only, like, <laughs> not good, but it's it's really their only, like, stellar project from start to finish this is advanced basics uss definitely on my list here too and again we've talked about it before but like it's just such an interesting concept it twists kind of the thing that that lincoln park did but in more of a fun like slightly lighter way um where it's this mix it's this blend of pop and hip-hop and rock 
um, that all comes together. And, and, and from only two guys, too. I mean, obviously, you know, added bits from people here and there in the studio. But for two people to put out this this cool of an album and top to bottom have like no misses. Incredible. And this might be the most underrated album that we've covered. This whole album on Spotify has less than 30 million streams combined. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And every song on here from from start to finish, there's no skips on this album. I mean, there's and there's some bangers too. Like this is the best is a great one for the workout playlist. Uh, Yin Yang, it's another great one for the workout playlist. Shipwreck, Demini. Yeah, remember remember the day. Nepal yep. frequency are all really 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 good songs. Um, yeah, this is definitely for me like probably the most underrated album that we've covered. Super enjoyable, top to bottom, and there are definitely like it's a lot of highs, a few lows, and even in the lows, you get some like good energy still. It's feel good sometimes. Um, and just like really like using all of their skills to their maximum potential. Yeah. in lyrics wise too, like, I think I can't remember the lead singer's name, but I think he had gone through, uh, I don't know if it was, he was gone through some stuff. Like yeah. That. I think it was yeah. alcoholism and it's apparent in the lyrics. Like he got through like a hard part of his life and it's all, you can always tell when in like an artist's best work usually is after like one of like the hardest or lowest points in their life. Yeah, absolutely. You see that a lot. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm missing the metaphor right now, but yeah, totally. You see that with a ton of artists, whatever, whatever genre you listen to really. So yeah. So I'll kick it to you for your number 10. Alrighty. Number 10 for me is icky thump by the white stripes. Oh, okay. Um, I just really enjoy this album and it's certainly not their most critically acclaimed album. I would say that's probably elephant. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love the guitar work on this album. It feels like in the beginning, their first two, three projects, he throttled himself a little bit maybe because she couldn't keep up with him. Um, and it's also just more or less poorly put together, like from a, a engineering standpoint. Um, this is their last studio project and it sound it's engineered masterfully. He just lets it fucking rip on like basically every track except for a couple. Uh, they have really interesting add-ins where like uh, that one song has the horns. They got one or two tracks with bagpipes, like, they have these really cool add-ins, and some of the solos on here are fucking, like, earth-shattering, dude. It's nuts the things you can do on guitar. Um, and that's aside to say that even his singing's gotten better, um, and Mag on Drums isn't pitiful. Yeah, I mean, Icky Thump and Blue Orchid are both iconic songs, like, or iconic riffs. You recognize it right away mm -hmm. as soon as you hear the first three seconds of the song. Right. And that's such, like, an abstract song, too. Like, think about the riffs in that song, man. There's not really a repeated riff, except for, like, the one that hits the chorus. Other than that, every riff throughout the verses is different. It's it's really, really fucking cool. Um, yeah, that, yeah, it's just, it's it's really enjoyable to listen for me. No, I, I, I like that choice. I When I originally was drafting my list, I had Elephant on here, and then I know I mentioned this last week but that one song at the end uh it's true that we love one another i was like nope that I was the I, one i can't i can't put this on the list <laughs> with this song on the album so no yeah, I, I, I like uh, having the white i have white stripes album is, that was a good choice good stuff all right uh you want to snake or you want to go back to you yeah you, we'll go Kay. with your nine snake it uh nine young and dangerous by the struts uh yeah looking back on it i still struggle to rank the the four albums between them I'm growing more and more and more on that new album. Um, but this is just the hits, man. I mean, it's very, very different from uh, Icky Thump. Different stylistically. The pop rock, the the swaggy, braggadocious feel to it. Um, 
but I would say like there's there's a little bit more depth here. Um, I would say the highs are higher, the lows are lower, um, and you get more of the ballad stuff in here too. Even like I, I think to that song "Ashes," it's the last track on the album before the the remix of "Body Talks," um, and, and that song is a tour de force, like the whole gambit of emotions. Um, you pair that up with "Fire Part One." Mm-hmm. Um, you got "Body Talks" with Kesha on there is just a super fun, like lovable track, um, and then a few other ones I'm just in love with too. At the end, um, yeah, a lot of great things about that album. I know it's not going to make yours, but I have a soft spot for that album. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Number nine for me here is going to be Young Beauties and Fools, Glorious Sons. That's my next one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, some of my favorite tracks off this album, Sawed Off Shotgun, Thank You For Saying Goodbye, So Much Love To Give, Everything Is Alright. Uh, it's it's really just a good blend of, of rock, with, but it also like incorporates different genres in there. Like I said, it's almost got a little bit of like the Dreamers like pop punk to it. Um, but this is one of those albums where there's 10 songs. There's no bullshit from start to finish. You're getting good music, uh, track after track. And then I like what they do in the album. Like the way they position each track where it's like, I think it's sawed off shotgun. Then, uh, so much love to give. And then it closes out with, thank you for saying goodbye. So I just, I like the, like the roller coaster of roller coaster is a great word for yeah. it. It feels like every track you're getting something different. Um, again, the whole range of emotions, uh, a lot of it's very I wouldn't say it's very angry, but there's there's angry. There's like kind of a fuck it vibe for a lot of the album. And then it really slows down as like, all right. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I'm putting it the wrong way, but it's a nice soft close after such like a, a pounding album for the first eight, nine songs. You know, sawed off shotgun is really the the cutoff point for that. And then the last two tracks let you down easy. And mm-hmm. give you something that you maybe didn't expect, right? Because to that point, as far as I can think, they didn't really have a, a thank you for saying goodbye. That last song on the previous album, uh, Amigo, I wouldn't even... It's it's a soft ballad, too, but it's not the same, right? So you're getting something... And this thank you for saying goodbye is much, much, much better. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, man. A lot of great stuff about this album. Top to bottom, listen. Yeah, and like I said for USS, uh, Brett Emmons, the lead singer for Glorious Sons here, he was when they, he was making this album, like he was literally just getting drunk every day, and then like he would write all these songs, like hungover, just like again, like just going through it in life. And yeah, this is by far the best work from the Glorious Sons. Yeah, yeah. So then number eight for me, uh, I'm going to go with Meteora, Lincoln Park. So wow. Well. Okay. The reason I, I put it at eight instead of a little bit higher is I have, I mean, it's okay. There's no, yeah, you I know, know, I know, you know where, it's coming. I know where you're going. I wanted to get a, a different mix of artists in here. I mean, yeah, but regardless, Meteora, you know, put on your headphones, crank up the volume and let Meteora take you on a journey of like just hard rock and just angst and anger. And, uh, it's an album that make you scream, cry, and even headbang a little, like it's just, it's a masterpiece from start to finish. Yeah. What? One of the best hard rock albums of the last 20 years. What Hybrid Theory lacked in polish, this album makes up for in spades. Um, there's you it, Now, with that, you lose a little bit of the raw like feel to it, uh, which is kind of nice with a band like Lincoln Park. Sometimes when you got this kind of headbanging, thrashing band, you want a little bit of that raw feel to it. Um, 
But there's also a really nice side of the like the polished, but also angry and and letting it loose here too. Like I think some of the like Chester gets higher on some of these tracks than he does, I would say, on the highest of Hybrid Theory, mm. um, which is hard to do because he fucking lets it rip. Um, but yeah, man, I there really there might be one bad track on this entire album. I can't think of it off the top i vaguely remember they have a there's a in like a just an instrumental in there yeah you could argue that that's a bad one but i actually i i kind of like the instrumental yeah i can live with instrumentals it's a session that's yeah that's fine yeah. what it is it is what it is um sometimes when you're listening top to bottom it's like a good break in the action sometimes you know depends on what you're doing but yeah um yeah man this is awesome classic 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 2000s i rock. mean Numb, Somewhere I Belong, Breaking the Habit, Faint. I mean, all those songs. Yeah, 100%, man. And Shinoda, Shinoda really pops off the, the page here, too, a little bit. Like, Whereas in the first album, I feel like Chester gets a lot of the shine. Shinoda really worked himself in well and brought in more of the hip-hop element to this album that kind of defines Linkin Park's sound. Yeah, and th- there's some real anger from Chester on, like, uh, Don't Stay comes to mind. Faint comes when he has, like, that blood-curling scream. Yeah. Uh, even, and then just like you get more of like a range almost with like breaking the habit where mm-hmm. it introduces you to like, it's not as hard, but it's just as good. Yeah. And he's still, he's still ripping. It's just not like a scream. It's a yell. Yeah. And numb. Yeah. Like, again, it's not as hard musically, but yeah. it's, oh my God. It's, I mean, it's, you could argue numb is one of the best songs. One of the top, I don't know, 25 songs of the last 25 years. Yeah. The composition on that track is incredible. Just the, the way, like the. The background noise, whatever it is, strings or synth that just brings it all together and like kind of wraps around you. It's it's a really, really fucking cool song. Yeah. And again, I, I could have put this album much higher, but because Lincoln Park's my favorite band, I was like, all right, I'm going to and I have another album that's higher up on the list. I was like, I'm going to throw it a little bit lower. But sure. I love this album. Sure. Wow. All right. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Um, Cool. I already blew my load a little bit so young beauties and fools is my eight so about the same there my seven is physical graffiti uh by led zeppelin it's a long album again you're getting a lot of like different stuff here very bluesy very like 60s 70s kind of rock blues jazz kind of feel to it Uh, not so jazzy but you get a couple tracks on there um and I, i think some of the best work from all the performers on this in this band i mean we, we've talked at length already about how all four of those guys are legends, um, and so I won't waste too much time reiterating that point. But needless to say, of of the work they did, I struggled to between this and Zeppelin Four. I mm-hmm. think they both have a litany of great tracks, and just by sheer length, I think Physical Graffiti kind of edges it out. Yeah, it's their only double album. Right, right. And I I faced the same dilemma. I went with the other one. Gotcha. But I think you could go either way. I mean, there's there's great stuff on both albums. Totally agree. You know what's funny about Physical Graffiti? I know we talked about it when we covered Zeppelin, but that they had a song called House is the Holy, which was the name of the previous album that they released. <laughs> like, that they had written it for the previous album, and it was the name of the album. They're like, no, 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 we'll save it. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, that is pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, another one, I, I, I'm not going to do it. But I yeah, physical graffiti fucking rocks, and so does Zeppelin Four. I'd give both a listen if you're into rock. Uh, all right, seven for you. Yeah, so this one I have the artist. I have two albums. Maybe you can help me decide. 
and it's it's Mac Miller. It's his first project. It's his last project. It's kids and it's circles. It's the like they're polar opposites. Uh, kids has some of the all time classics: the spins, Nike's on my feet, outside Kool Aid and frozen pizza. Um, and then it, and it's just like you know it's like party rap, like having a good time. You throw it on the party playlist, and then you go to circles, and it's like. You're entering Mac Miller's mind and his despair over the last couple of years and like his struggle with drugs and alcohol and like you really get all of that in uh, you know with Good News Woods right everybody some of my favorite songs from that um, so it's just two projects that I love and I'm I'm really having a hard time trying to decide which one I want on this list well and two circles is very soft mostly somber jazzy kind of feel whereas all you mentioned already kids is very kind of classic late 2000 early 2010s kind of party rap um two very 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 different sounds it's it's a bit like comparing apples to skyscrapers <laughs> um so are these your next two or is, are you trying to find one no for i'm spot? only gonna feature one yeah i would say i listen to the hits from kids way more but as an album I think every song as like if you were to stack up song by song, I would probably go with circles because I like like even like the worst songs on circles, I think are better than the worst songs on kids. Yeah, I mean, just stylistically, I I will find myself listening to kids more. But I think in terms of impact uh, for his career or as an artist, uh, I think circles is certainly more impactful. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think I think I'm gonna go with Circles. That was my number one album when we did the episode. Yeah. So and Kids was my number two. So I'm gonna yeah. go with that. Go. But, Good. Um. I do want to. I I use uh, AI to help me write some like summaries for some of these albums. So okay. can we just read some of these? Uh, Circles isn't just about darkness. There's a flicker of defiance in everybody. A bittersweet acceptance, and that's on me. It's an album that grips, grapples with loss, and finds beauty in the wreckage. It's a testament to Max' artistic growth. A sonic tapestry woven with threads of vulnerability and grace. It's more than just music. It's a sonic sanctuary a reminder that even in the darkest circles, there's always light waiting to be found. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, so that was my seven. Okay. So I'll kick it back to you. All right. Um, six for me? Yeah, six. Nevermind by Nirvana. Mm. I would be shocked if this is not in your top 10. This album is my first 10 out of 10. Mm. Fucking rocks top to bottom. Even that last track, the bonus track, the hidden track, Nameless Faceless or whatever it is. It's odd. It's eerie, creepy. There's not really much to it except that it just like it feels like a lot of the songs in the early part of this album are very much more polished than the previous album. Um, a little bit more studio rock, like somebody from the from the record label got in their ear a little bit and said, all right, this is what we're doing, and this is how you're going to make a billion, gajillion dollars. <laughs> and then they had one track that, like, the studio wasn't going to sign off on, so they hit it on the they hit it on the vinyl and said, just, just hang on, and you'll find it. Um, I mean, otherwise, you, you've got some of the, the biggest hits of, of rock history on here. Smells like Teen Spirit, Lithium, In Bloom. Come As You Are. Come As You Are. I mean... Yeah, top to bottom, man. This is like 13, 14 tracks of, of can't fucking miss. Even it, something in the way had had a resurgence in the last couple of years. Yeah, with the Batman. Yep. Right, right. Yep. yep. Um, It's gritty. It's angry. It's very, you know, counterculture. Uh, you know, grunge rock. It, it's the definition of grunge rock. It's maybe not the beginning, but the defining album of grunge rock. Yeah. This, I mean, this album changed genres. 
forever. Yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a culture changing, defining album. Like I've said before, the, this album paved the way for so many artists after them, man. Um, even contemporaries, but so many artists after them. Uh, yeah, and so to omit omit them or omit this album from a top ten, I think is would be foolish. Yeah, so I have this album higher up on my list, so I'll go over some of my takeaways for it now. Uh, over 5 billion streams on Spotify. This album sold over 30 million copies worldwide, which is crazy. It's one of the best-selling albums of all time. Uh, popularized the grunge movement like we already kind of talked about. Um, you already kind of mentioned a lot of my favorite tracks, but some Smells Like Teen Spirit, Lithium, Come As You Are, and Bloom, Something In The Way. Uh, and then one more thing. I, this album is an, one of the best transitions from a band's First album to second album of all time. Maybe the best. Going from Bleach to Nevermind. Yeah, let me sit on that for a minute. Like, but yeah. Just the, like, for how raw and just unpolished Bleach was. And then in the Nevermind, where you just have this iconic riff after iconic riff. Kurt's vocals just strained throughout the whole album. Like, it was just raw emotion. I mean, it's, it was just a great transition. Yeah, whatever they did, whether it's new engineers, new whatever, it, it sounds so much fucking better. Uh, maybe it's partly composition, too, because part of what we talked about in when we talked about Bleach was that Bleach felt like a, a bit of like a crashing of everybody just doing their own thing a little bit and trying to like put it together. And it felt a little bit like everybody was trying to play on top of each other, whereas this is very m much better choreographed. You know what I'd be curious is... How much of this album, like, obviously, I think Kurt wrote all the songs, but, like, how much did Dave Grohl contribute into, like, the like the music part of it? Because Dave Grohl, it's, you well, know... remember, too, he was a new member before this album came out. Right, but, it, like, he's a musical genius, so I would just be curious as, like, what he contributed to this album versus yeah, Kurt. I don't know. It's uh, That's an interesting point, because, I mean, at this point, it was 1992? I think it might have been... I think it was 91 or 92. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, Dave Grohl's a nobody, right? Um, young kid from Seattle joins Nirvana. Um, right, but Nirvana wasn't necessarily anybody, too, at that time. Right, right. But at least, like, I felt like Kurt was still getting some play, you know? Like, MTV picked up a couple of the songs off Bleach. Uh, Nirvana certainly wasn't what they were before Nevermind. But Dave, like on the pecking order of things, Dave Grohl's a nobody, nobody. <laughs> uh, anyways, th that's all to say, like, it, it's very possible. I just feel like Kurt was this, like, disgruntled kind of fucked up genius that I think did a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting for the first two albums. And I think, if anything, uh, Dave might have contributed more for In Utero. Mm. But... It would be interesting to hear a conversation about that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they've been asked about that, or Dave's been asked about that over the years. Yeah, and I'm uh, sure he doesn't want to toot his own horn, given Kurt's yeah, death. And, yeah, yeah, I'm sure if you asked him about it, he'd be a little bit. He'd coy. probably be very humble. Yeah. And the, the like with the success of the Foo Fighters, it's not like he would need to. Yeah, yeah, he's not angling for anything. Yeah, right. But yeah, this is uh, ten out of ten. No skips. Fantastic. And, and my little takeaway here nevermind wasn't just great it was a cultural earthquake forever shifting the landscape of rock music giving voices to a generation yearning for something real something raw something that screamed their unspoken frustrations it's an album that still resonates decades later proving that sometimes the best way to dismantle the world is to scream rage and let the music speak for itself 
it's a bit Zeppelin 2 in that way, right? Like, Zeppelin 1 was cool. Zeppelin 2 put them on the fucking map and did the same fucking thing for all the rockers of their time that this album did for grunge rock artists of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Instrumental. Uh, Great album. So is this back to me or is it still you? I did seven. I did six. Um, I don't know. So I think it's six for me. Yeah. All right. So six for me. I've got Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace, Foo Fighters. This is my favorite album from the Foo Fighters. Um, there are, you, you know, you could argue there are there is a skip on this album, the the Ballad of the Beaconsfield Miners. I know there, we dug into the story behind that where, you know, these guys are trapped and they were listening to the Foo Fighters. So they wrote the song for them. So, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the album I, I really, really like. There's some mega hits off of this album. Um, the Pretender. Yeah. What's, oh, I didn't end up recording the, uh, oh, Long Road to Ruin. That was the other one. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like every song on this album. It's my favorite Foo's album. Just it ended up winning the Grammy for best rock album for that year. Yeah, and they have a, what they do on this album. What I I like from the Foo Fighters is they have a couple songs where they have this super slow build up, and then like the last minute and a half of the song, they let everything just crash Bang. down on you. We talked. A l- I talked a lot about that during the episode where it's like they they're classic for for doing that build up, build up, build up. They do it for the first. A lot, a lot, a lot for the first six, seven albums. Um, it, it's really cool work. And, you know, we talked about it with Linkin Park being able to throw it all against the wall and, you know, fuck shit up. That's exactly what Foo Fighters did for a long time. And they got some other good stuff, too, some softer stuff, some maybe happier stuff. Um, uh, the range is incredible, man. Yeah. And, yeah, so summary for this album each song is a sonic tapestry woven with bluesy grooves, acoustic whispers, and stadium-sized choruses that echo in your soul long after the last note fades. It's the sound of a band pushing sonic boundaries, experimenting with styles while holding on to their raw, unflinching core. It's an album that celebrates life's messy contradictions, the moments of triumph and defiance, and quiet reflection, all held together by Grohl's raw honesty and the band's unyielding drive. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. And I would just say, outside of that, this is very much a defining... I mean, obviously, but maybe this is beside the point, but very defining for this band, right? You had the first couple albums that were, I would say the first couple albums were a bit like testing the waters, you know, like trying to figure out what worked for them. And then the, I think this is the fourth album in their catalog. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the time where they really hit their stride, you know, which is strange because there was strife within the band at this time too, but really fucking hit their stride here and, and set a, told you exactly what Foo Fighters was going to sound like yeah. for a long time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, number five for me, you put Physical Graffiti on your list. I've got Zeppelin Four on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, this is just a, a, a towering testament to the band's raw power and musical brilliance. Every track is a, a, you know, a sledgehammer. Each riff is a molten eruption of guitars, drums, and Robert Plant's you know, banshee wail. Uh, this, this album has Stairway to Heaven on it, one of the best songs of all time. I think you, it could certainly be you know, top 10, top 25 songs of all time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree at all there. I mean, even opening with Black Dog, man, I, I think that's a crazy way to open. It just opens with him by himself. You kind of hear the guitar echoing. And he just belts out that first line. And then it gets into that classic Zeppelin bluesy kind of playing. Uh, fun, like upbeat. Just great rock and roll, man. 
yeah. and rock and roll is another great song rock off and roll album. another great song off this album um the battle forevermore going to one, california going to california yeah I, it's only eight tracks and it everyone's really really fucking good dude but what's cool about this album too is this was their fourth album in the span of like two years yeah yeah that's kind of what i was getting at with zeppelin one and zeppelin two right because that was they, those were both put out in that same year um yeah, it's it's crazy the amount of fantastic work they did in two, three years. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, alrighty, back to me. So six was never mind. Five is one X. Another ten out of ten. We talked about Lincoln Park already. Um, I just this album has a special place for me, man. It's. I, re- I remember like being in middle school and like as you're just kind of like growing an appreciation for music and like exploring, finding different things and more and more and more. I just found myself listening to this album every fucking day on the way to school, dude. It's it's hard, heavy, angry, like just blow your ears off. Crazy loud, crazy energetic, um, but also really well put together. And that's not even pointing out that there's a couple of ballads on here. that are really powerful, too, like. They they still like blow your socks off with the ballads and the choruses especially, um, but there's an element of softness to it. And then you know as you grow and you, I, I listen back to this album now with a little bit more context, a little bit more looking into the the meaning of some of these songs. It's it, it's incredibly vulnerable and and honest too. Um, you know, interesting stories. It's it's an incredible album, man. Yeah. So this is your number five. This was up next for me. So this is my number four. This is 10 out of 10 album. Uh, Adam Gontier wrote many of these songs during rehab. He was addicted to Oxy. And you can just, you know, hear the pain in his voice on a lot of these tracks. Never Too Late, Pain, Animal I Become, Riot, Get Out Alive. I mean, every song in this album is, it's, it's something special. Fantastic. One of the best albums of the last 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. I said it then. I'll say it again now. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then before you get to your next one, uh, uh, my little takeaway here with the help of AI. The album's true power lies in its unflinching honesty, its willingness to confront the demons that lurk within, and the desperate, guttural yearning for something better. It's a mirror reflecting the cracks in our own fa- facades, urging us to scream, to grapple, to find the strength to rise from the ashes. One X isn't just great, it's a cathartic ex- exorcism, a primal scream that resonates with anyone who has ever wrestled with the shadows within. It's a reminder that even in the darkest night, the fight for our light never truly dies. I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a very a much more sophisticated way of putting it than I have, but um, uh, it feels deserved on this album. I like that. Um, all right, and now I have advanced, advanced basics from USS. Okay. I just, I've been with this album longer than you have, so maybe I have a little bit more <laughs> of a nostalgic appreciation for it, but yeah, I fucking love this album, man. Um, and we already talked about it, so we'll go ahead and move on. Yeah, so my number... Th- Four was one X. Just talked about that. And okay. then my number three was Nevermind. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So well, I was skipping quickly. All right. My number three is Wasting Light by the Foo Fighters. Really? Yeah. I love, love, love this fucking album. Um, in particular, it's just a little heavier. It's not like the metal album that they did at all, <laughs> but it's a little bit heavier. Um, and it's still got some of the, like the classic Foo Fighter hits on here. But I, I really, what I f- love about this album is really the deep cuts. Songs like Arlandria, songs like White Limo, um, you know, Miss the Misery. Uh, th- there's just this, like, raw, like, angst kind of feel to it, but also, like, sadness, 
wanting. I don't know. I just there's something about this album that grips me mostly sonically. You know, the stories are good, but the sonic here is just fucking fantastic. It's really Grohl like letting it all hang out, and I, I just love this album. Yeah, I really like. What's the last song on that album? Uh, rope. Or no, is uh learning to walk again? Uh, I think it's just walk. Okay, I like that one. That's one of my favorite Foo yeah. Fighters songs. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. That's very classic Foo Fighters. A little bit bluesy, um, but very like solid two thousands rock. Yeah, man, fantastic track. That's one of the hits off that album too. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my number three, and then my number two is Meteora. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, we already talked about it, just love, love, love. Hell yeah! So my number two is going to be Blurry Face, Twenty One Pilots. Wow! I love this album, dude. Didn't see that coming. That's awesome. This was the first album. I know we said this on episode. First album in the digital era to have every single track receive at least a gold rating. Okay. Um, I mean these guys, they they're pioneering like a new sound with this album. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's just. Uh, this album, another accolade. This was on the Billboard 200 chart for four consecutive years, never leaving the chart. The most streamed rock album in history with over six billion streams on Spotify. What? If you you know classify it as rock. Yeah. Uh, but the album as a whole, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride through Tyler's psyche. Each genre-bending twist leaving you breathless and begging for more. Blurryface isn't just great. It's a masterpiece of musical storytelling, reminding us that the messy parts of ourselves are where true beauty lies. Uh, this is a concept album. Yeah, 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 right, right. So, you know, the blurry face character represents, you know, everything that's... It's like your inner... Tyler's inner demons. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, But, yeah, some of my favorite songs from here, Hometown, Stressed Out, Tearing My Heart, Heavy Dirty Soul, Ride. Yeah, those last four you covered there are are fantastic. Those are all hits. Um, Those are some of my favorite songs from uh, 21 Pilots. Um, Yeah, genre bending is, is a great way of putting it because... As we've talked about with a few other artists, it's hard to pluck them into one category, um, but they—it's not too experimental to the point where you're like, "Oh fuck this," <laughs> um, you know. They—they—they they, they bend the the lines a little bit, but they still give you what you're looking for, kind of too. Um, and the emotion you get out of his vocals are incredible on this album, uh, mi- mixed with strings, mixed with synths. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really cool shit. And if you have the chance, I would recommend to look into some of these uh, music videos, too, because it really helps illustrate the point a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we move on, just a point I was thinking about while well, you mentioned there. The the way that, let's call it, maybe mainstream media or music critics categorize rock <laughs> infuriates me. Some of the bands that get like nominated for top rock album of the year Grammys and shit like that, fucking ins- like Lana Del Rey won it like a few years ago for rock for rock, huh? Uh, it's just shit like that. Like I I I ne- wouldn't necessarily categorize Twenty One Pilots as rock. They have rock songs. They're not a rock band. No, I wouldn't either. It's I don't know if it's alter like alternative. Maybe I would I put them know. in like alt or or pop. Yeah, it's not. It's not really either of those cleanly. I would probably lean more alternative. Yeah, that's probably the best category for them just because they're not well-defined. Um, they should but, just make a new category at the Grammys where it's like, you know, uh, just miscellaneous. Yeah, miscellaneous. I don't <laughs> best, know. Best miscellaneous <laughs> album of the year. <laughs> that sounds a little demeaning. <laughs> and for miscellaneous music goes, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to win the miscellaneous award. <laughs> but, you know, find a, find a better term for it. But it, it infuriates me that they... It feels like a lot of times if there's a band in this category, maybe a Matt Mason type, 
who I wouldn't necessarily categorize as rocker either, maybe soft rock, but we, you know, you can have that discussion. It's infuriating when these types of bands beat out other bands that are, are clearly rock bands and putting out good shit like Foo Fighters, like yeah, yeah. Shine Down, shit like that. I, it's baffling to me. Yeah, I know. I'm with you on that. Anyways, off my stump. Um, and then your number one is, uh, hold on, wait for it. I got it. Um, hybrid theory. Hybrid theory. This has to be number one. You beat me. I mean, the, you beat me to the joke. Let me just let me just read my little description here. Hybrid theory isn't just an album. It's a cultural phenomenon. It pummels you with aggressive new metal riffs, soothes you with ch- soothes you with Chester Bennington's soulful melodies. And ignites your angst with Mike Shinoda's fiery raps. Soothing wouldn't be a word I would put on this album. Well, yeah, I guess. Every track resonates with raw emotion, tackling the themes of alienation, frustration, and the desperate search for belonging. Songs like Crawling and In the End became anthems for a generation grappling with their demons, while bangers like One Step Closer and Paper Cut unleashed unbridled fury. The album masterfully blends genres, effortlessly weaving between heavy guitar breakdowns, electronic flourishes, proving that musical boundaries were meant to be shattered. Hybrid Theory isn't just a great album. It's a sonic time capsule, forever capturing the angsty spirit of the early 2000s and reminding us that sometimes screaming your pain into the void is the most cathartic release of all. Yeah, another... Not on the level of Nevermind and not on the level of Zeppelin II, but another album that I think shook rock to its, its core a little bit, changed the game a little bit. Because before this, we mentioned previously, you had bands like Rage and you had bands like Limp Bizkit that were kind of doing this hip-hop rock thing. Um, Not the same way, though, I would say. Uh, Limp Bizkit is just not nearly as polished or well-developed, in my opinion, as this band. And Rage is just different. Um, But what I will say is after, after this album, you start to see more and more bands that are a little bit more willing to bring in other elements to like raise all ships, right? To make their songs better. And I, I think it's a brilliant fucking idea because you can get outside of the box of, of just a guitarist, a bassist, a drummer, and, and the lead vocalist, right? You could bring in the synth. You could bring in strings. You could bring in all sorts of shit uh, from different genres that, that'll just assist you while staying in your lane of hard rock, new metal. It's really, really fucking cool, dude. Well, uh, and Linkin Park, I think, is one of the best bands to ever do, like, songs where there's part rapping and then the chorus is just singing. Yeah, I mean, other than the couple I already listed, I can't think of too many others. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. But I would say, like, they do it. They do it the best of yeah, those three. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's not to diminish. I, I, I like Rage a lot. I could see that's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, aside from the point that they're also very political, which is also not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but yeah, I, I think they even blow rage out of the water. Um, Th- this yeah. album was so good. They made an entire, they, that further, this was their first project. This was their first album. The album was so good. Instead of releasing a second album right away, they released a remix <laughs> album to the original album right. in the remix album was really good. That's fucking insane. When you think about how record deals work too, right? Again, we've talked about this before, but like, if you're on a three or four album deal, there's no fucking way the studio's being like, yeah, that counts. Oh, but it was. I think Hybrid Theory was so good that they they they, they let it slide. Maybe, maybe. So Hybrid Theory ended up selling 32 million copies worldwide, making it the best-selling debut album since Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction and the best-selling rock album of the 21st century. That's crazy too. That your first album is that fucking powerful and like speaks to so many people, man. 
it's really, really fucking hard to be nobodies and like catapult into superstardom like that. It's really, really fun. Like you would think Meteora would be that album, but it's not. And that's not to say Meteora has any less hype or, or acclaim than this album. You, you could probably run the numbers on that. And as you just said, this is the highest selling one, whatever. Regardless, uh, it's just fucking insane. They came out of the gate swinging like this uh, and hit an absolute home run. Dude, every single song on here is amazing. Paper Cut, One Step Closer, With You, Points of Authority, Crawling, Run Away, By Myself, In the End, A Place for My Head, Forgotten, Care for the Itch, Pushing Me Away, and then even the bonus tracks. My December is a little bit softer, but I really like that one. And High Voltage was, it was decent. It wasn't as good as the... Yeah, I agreed. But it's like the last track on the album. Yeah. And similar to Numb, in the end, you can make the argument that's an all-time all time song. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, even I, sometimes I think about a song like One Step Closer, man, like... What other big band was doing a song like that in 2001 or whatever it was, right? Who the, Who is screaming their lungs out in 2001 <laughs> and, and getting that much, like, acclaim for it? Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's metal bands and whatnot, but it's not the same thing. Uh, this is, like, tasteful screaming. Which, tasteful which so- screaming, I like that. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it, it's maybe a good way of describing it. I don't know. No, I, th- I think it is because it's not necessarily forced, and it's not necessarily included on every it track. It fits. It's not like they're it's, doing it on every track or throughout the whole song. You know what it is? It's it's sprinkling some screaming yes, in there. Yes, yes. A little, little zhuzh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. That album fucking rocks, too. Totally agree. Yeah. One more note on this that I don't think I noted this when we covered Linkin Park, but... Uh, Mike Shinoda, I guess he had previously worked as a graphic designer okay. before becoming a musician. Cool. So he was actually the one that did the album cover for Hybrid Theory. That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, I like the little Transformer dude on the front. And the uh, this is according to Chester. The idea of the soldier with dragonfly wings was to describe the blending of hard and soft musical elements by the use of the jagged, jaded looks of the soldier and frail touches of the wings. Okay, that's interesting. I never really thought about it like that, but... I, I I always thought it was a kick-ass album cover. Yeah, I did too. I just said the Transformer, dude. I'm thinking about the remix album. The remix album had the oh, Transformer. Oh, reanimation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's a pretty good one too. Dude, it's... I mean, no other artist releases their debut album. It's fucking insane. And then thinks back and goes, well, instead of putting out new music... Remix. We're just going to make a remix of the first album, which... Kills. Wh- wh- which kills because they do two things. One, they bring on, or actually one, they change up some of the lyrics in their songs. Yeah. So like Shinoda spits out a whole new verse for In The End. Uh-huh. And then two, they bring on a uh, couple big name artists, some, some guest features. Yeah. And then Shinoda also goes back and remixes it all from a sound perspective. Yeah, yeah, And he, he draws it out. He'll take the song yeah. from three minutes to five minutes and add like some like synth instrumentals. And it's it's just a lot of the songs sound very, very different. When you think remixes, a lot of the times it's just like, ah, we'll add a verse here or you know, we'll have somebody else do the verses on the track. Like, that's not it at all. There's so many tracks that sound almost unrecognizably different. Like, dude, if you went to the label today, like, and you <laughs> set and you pitched them, like, yeah, we're just gonna remix our first album. They'd say, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, They'd get kick fucked. The, kick the door in your face and push you down the stairs on the way out. <laughs> yeah, some new shit, please. <laughs> Crazy, uh, but yeah, yeah, fantastic album, ground shaking, totally love it. Uh, my number one is Sound of Madness. Again, no shocker to anybody. I just fucking love this album, man. Um, Second Chance hooked me from from day one of hearing that song. Um, and then you get into other tracks, you know, Sound of Madness, Devour, uh, Cry for Help, 
Um, Crow and the Butterfly. Crow and the Butterfly. I mean, it's call me. It's a diverse selection of of up down, but like so gut wrenching. The songwriting, the emotion, the the way they put it together, like. Like you open with Devour and it's it's this long build up into it like an angry crashing sound. And you'll get a bunch of tracks like that on this album. Again, Cry for Help, um, Sound of Madness, very angry, very thrashy. And then you get these other softer tracks, Sound of Madness, Call Me, um, that are just like a, a little bit sweeter or sad. Um, and just opening you up to a whole wider range of emotions. And that's aside from the, you know, the the musical element of it. Um, I just love the guitar on this album. I, I love all the instruments on this album, top to bottom. Uh, even a song like, like Cyanide Sweets to Suicide is probably the least recognizable track off this album to the average listener. And even that one, it's just so catchy, the chorus to me. Uh, up, like upbeat, thrashing. I just, top to bottom, I love this. I even love all the tracks on the bonus album. Um, you know, they, they do a remix or, maybe, uh, yeah, it's probably a remix of Call Me, I think. Uh, with Lizzie Hale, that's fantastic. There's like three bonus tracks. I just, I love it. Yeah, Sound of Madness is great. Some of the, like, Crow and the Butterfly, Call Me, Second Chance. Those three songs, I mean, those are just, those are all amazing songs. Yeah. Anytime they come on, have to listen to them. 100%. And this album for me was, like, right on the edge of, like, this is probably in, like, the 11 to 14 range. Sure. Yeah, totally get it. Um, you know, I'm definitely a little close to the situation, but... Uh, like putting this for any for anybody that we would bring in to like talk about this putting this outside outside of their top 15 to me would be fucking insane <laughs> even considering we've covered 30 some artists and probably somewhere in the range of 150 albums yeah 100, 150 125 yeah something like that to put this outside the top 15 would be fucking insane because uh, i just think there's a lot here you know it's like 15 tracks with the bonus stuff and there's a lot here for, for a lot of different people. If you don't like rock, you don't like rock. But if you like rock even a little bit, this album kicks ass. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, now the fun part, the bottom five. Yeah, so I am uh I turn my laptop off right now. I'm gonna let it charge because so I have enough battery for the tier list. So okay, I'm gonna, gotcha. let me just pull up my phone. Okay, yeah. Um while you're working on that, I can get started with my bottom eight. Um, now we were going to do five and we're going to do five. So I'll skip through some of it quickly. Cause frankly, I don't want to just be like this album sucks. This album sucks. Uh, but I think there are eight albums that we listen to and maybe more, maybe I've omitted one or two here. Um, and surely as we read each other's lists, we'll be like, Oh yeah, that deserves to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got eight that I think fall into this very squarely in the category of like, why the fuck did we listen to this? Um, so I'll just start with my first two to move along a little quickly. This is Why by Paramore and Gag Order by Cash Shop. Yep, I have them both on the list. Both. They're supposed to be these, like, introspective kind of, like, like thoughtful projects, and both were just ear cancer. I think, I think with Gag Order specifically, like, there was just the production on each song was just so bland and, like, vague and, like... Yeah, it, did, it felt very, like... Like extra alty indie type shit yeah like, like too experimental for me like i think if she had kept the lyrics and changed up the songs it wouldn't have been as bad a little you can do sad pop there's a way to do it but this is not the way i want to listen to it yeah and then um this is why i mean yeah, we've we've talked about it so many times it's just such a bad album 
Yeah, terrible. I, I can't get behind it. It's certainly not for us. No. Um. All right. You want to go? Or if you got yours up. Yeah. So I, I had a my list is a little bit longer, but oh, how many did you have? A thirteen. Oh, 13. Okay. Well, then do the same thing I did. Pop off a couple. Okay. Yeah. So I also had Paramore. This is why and Cash a Gag Order. Okay. Two more. And then I also have uh the White Stripes self titled the the first album. This was like number twelve on the list. It was just so. And the White Stripes have some great stuff. Don't get me wrong. They had like Elephant and then Icky Thump are both great albums. But this album was not it. Yeah, there's like one or two tracks on here I actually would go back and listen to. And aside from that, it's uh, it's abrasive. It's like the songwriting wasn't all the way there yet, and the guitar, like everything, was just super unpolished and just there's like no replay value. Yeah, they just it feels like they weren't ready a little bit. Yeah, like they put something out there just to like be on the map. Yeah. And then I also have uh, The Struts, Strange Days, the COVID album. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one. I guess the only reason that doesn't make my list is just because there's like two or three tracks on there that I do really like. Um, but yeah, for the most part, a big, big mess. Yeah. I mean, Wild Child rocks, though. And it, like when you think about their catalog, that's one of the only like real hard rock songs in their catalog. And I think Tom Morello fucking mashes on that track. Yeah, I do, that, that one I do like. I don't know why that wasn't like the like the lead song for the album on radio or whatever. Um, because it, it fucking kills. But it's like that song, cool. Burn it down. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Um, back in my range. So you got like nine more. So I'll slow down a little bit and we'll quickly come together at some point. Uh, Scars and Stories by The Fray. Yep. Awful. Got it on the list. God awful. There's just nothing interesting. You talk about bland. Bland as bland gets. This weird mix between like pop, alt, and rock. And I just, there's nothing here for me. And the concept for the album was like, we're going to write songs based on like people's professions and and trying to channel like writing songs based on characters and, and professions and all this. And it just doesn't work. It comes off so like. Cheesy. Corny. Yeah. Kind of like clip arty almost you know? and we've covered several artists that do similar things and maybe not for the entirety of albums but at least for songs yeah but like like those those examples sometimes they do but don't all most of the time don't fall into like tropes you know yeah like and it's i think with other artists that do this maybe their songwriting is just a little bit better, better. writers yeah Whereas, like, The Fray, I think the one song was, like, The Boxer or whatever. Or yeah, just The like, Fighter. Yeah, it was, the, the, like, the corniest song I've ever heard. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then the album cover, one of the uh, the dumbest album all, covers all, of all also time. Also uninspiring. And, it's the four of them running one behind another, behind another, behind another in, like, a field. Yeah, very, very cut-and-paste kind of feel to it. Just poor, poor work. Yeah, that was that was on my list as well. All right, rip off another couple. Sure. I've got the last USS album, Einstein's of Consciousness. Yeah, it's pretty it's bad. terrible. It's they're back to like doing experimental like pop synthy EDM type stuff, a lot more of that EDM feel to it. Um it feels like they're a little dis very disjointed here and just kind of like putting bits together to make songs and it, it's not that like collaborative like fully enveloping feel that you get from some of their other stuff. Yeah. And then I have Stone Temple Pilots, Perdita. That's the one? See, I I considered putting Shangri-La Dida on here. That one's pretty bad, too. I think that's worse than Perdita. 
Um, but it still has a couple tracks again, much like uh, uh, the Struts album. It, it has a couple tracks. I don't. I Days of the week, dude. Uh, it's just so so boring for me. Yeah, and again, it's it's very like hippie kind of druggy music, and I don't know. I just I couldn't get into it either. And at the, I think for me too, it's their last or most recent album, and it's like going through their catalog. It's like I almost get mad because I'm like, I know they have the potential to make better music, way than better. This. Yeah. And it's just like this slowed down, like I don't know. It's just yeah. Where's that inspiration come from? Yeah, exactly. Like, how do we end up here? I get it though. It's kind of it's a little bit like Foo Fighters and their some of their later projects. Same kind of thing. Yeah. How, how did we get here? So get into my top five worst albums. I have number five, and this could arguably you could arguably put this higher. Battle Studies, John Mayer. <laughs> I have that at four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Certainly in the running for worst album covers. Yeah, so I I, I want to say that not only is this album bad, it's it's offensively bad. <laughs> it's it's like it's a harsh listen, not audibly. It's very soft and smooth and whatever. It's John Mayer, but it's just so douchey. Oh my god, dude, you just it's it's not at all appealing to me whatsoever. There's no like amount of writing in this album that I can get behind. He has that one cover of the Clapton song that's good. Other than that, the rest of it I can throw away and never listen to again. Yeah, I think when we did the episode, you had said a lot of this album sounds like it should just be on the background of like JCPenney or Coles. Yeah, I've said that about a couple different things. But yeah, that's exactly what this is. But in, in John Mayer, like throughout his catalog, he's got some writing and, and music that's decent. But this is like the lowest, for him at least, for songwriting and music. Yeah, I agree. It's just... Nothing, no redeeming qualities. None whatsoever. Um, my number five is "Glory" by the Glorious Sons. Got it on we the list. Recently talked about it. Um, it's just such a far stray from the path they were on, and even I would say the album before the "Search for Everything." I think that's it. "Search for Everything." Um, the war on everything. The war on everything. Um, even that album was by far and away. So much better than this album. And even that I wasn't in love with. We talked about it. Um, it. It got away from Young Beauties and Fools tremendously, where they did a lot more soft stuff. But it wasn't, like, emotionally soft. It was just soft, um, which isn't what I'm looking for out of this band, really. Like, give me just good, solid rock. I don't need hard. I don't. Uh, just give me good, solid rock. Um, this album has... has tr- tripped into some weird like pop edm rock mix again and it, it just there's nothing here for me yeah the glorious signs almost fall in the same vein as uss where they have the one album that's like yeah 10 out of 10 no skips and then the rest of their music is just a smattering very... of good and bad yeah exactly yeah yeah uh and then my number four was battle studies so yeah so looking at my list i would probably reorder this and and put like Paramore. This is why, like one or two. But so I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna read this as like also on my list of the top worst albums that we've covered. Uh, Symptom of being human. Shine down. I just I can't get behind this album, dude. Every time a song comes on, like on the radio or on shuffle, I get mad because I know Shine Down. Slander, has, dude. Shine down has so much good music. This is just this is a COVID album. It's just it's not good. It's not what I want from Shine Down. I don't want to hear these soft piano tracks with Brent Smith singing about you know the good of humanity like give me some guitar give me some thrashing give me like it's just i don't know it's not there for me 
So I, I think maybe you are overlooking some other tracks because they do have that in this album. Songs like America's Burning, um, Dead Don't Die, uh, Planet Zero. All I, don't, th- I don't like Planet Zero. I, yeah. I, I, I actually do. Dead Don't Die would probably be my favorite song off the album. Yeah. Um, there is some of that. I would say the, the back half of this album, especially after the after America Burning, this album gets tough. Um, but I would say the first eight, nine tracks from here are, are enjoyable. Now, again, a little close to the situation, but I, and I, I understand your point too. Your point here is like, it, it is very rooted in, in the situation around the COVID, you know, pandemic and whatever. Um, is it overtly political at times? Yes. Uh, at other times, it's much more kind of a a look at humanity and our, our role as, as being part of a society in general as well. Um, but I listen, if it's in your bottom 13, it is what it is. I just I think that's slanderous. No, dude, it's just every time a song comes on. I didn't like it when we first covered it. And every time something comes on shuffle that I had saved, I don't like it again. And I go, why did I even save this? <laughs> why is this album even like a thing? It just feels it's a cheesy COVID album. They've got like three or four interludes that are, I know it breaks up the album, but I don't like the, the you don't like the, the story that the interludes like kind of work. Through? No, I don't like that. And the album just comes across as like, they're just trying to, they're trying to preach to the choir and I'm just not I'm not ready to have that message. Okay. Agree to disagree. Uh, my next one. This isn't necessarily in the scope of things that we're covering, but again, I did this already on the last episode. Autumn Variations by Ed Sheeran. Oh yeah, that was trash. Fucking atrocious. There's nothing here. Absolutely zero. I never want to listen to any of these songs again. It's just so like limp dick. <laughs> That's the best way I could describe it. It like you think of Ed Sheeran's hits, man. Like, they're fun for the most part, but there's some soft, even sadder stuff that's still really nice work. This is just, it just feels so, like, without any character or, like, depth to it. There is certainly some in there that I've overlooked because I just don't like the music, but, God, it's it's a tough listen. I think there's another album that could benefit from a makeover of music. I think some of the songwriting's fine. But for the most part, the music's so, like, just bland. Yeah. And, like, just for- forgettable. Just dry. Like, you're Ed Sheeran, dude. Like, I don't know. Just give us something else. Like, you're, you're, he is, he, he's got something. He's got it. Just give it to us. I don't know, man. It just, it, it feels very basic and, and not interesting at all. Yeah. That album, throw it on there for me. I don't like that either. All right. So, also on my list, I have uh, Bleach, Nirvana. Yeah, and that's probably deserving. This this album has grown on me a tad since yeah. we first covered it. Like, I think I like an extra song or two that I didn't like originally. Um, but Nevermind is, you know, like, it was on both of our lists of top albums. It's great from start to finish. This album is just so unpolished, and it's just like... It's abrasive. It's it's almost like they the three of them uh, just got in a garage, and just they all started playing their own thing, and... And they just let that, and they just left that as album like. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it when we talked about Nevermind earlier. Um, it's just it's it's poorly composed. Um, and even and I'm not a fan of like 
you know, screamo or like heavy, yeah, yeah. heavy screaming on the tracks. And there's a lot of that where you can't even understand what Kurt's saying because he's just <laughs> right. screaming into the mic. And uh, that's just not for me. Right. Uh, kind of like I talked about with uh, Lincoln Park and Hybrid Theory. You don't get like it's not polished screaming. It's just screaming or tasteful screaming, whatever I said. Yeah, uh, it's just screaming a lot of it. So, yeah, not for me either. It didn't make my list, but maybe deserving of, of the list for sure. Uh, my next one is probably not going to be on your list. It's Concrete and Gold by the Foo Fighters. Mm. Although, much like you mentioned previously, anything from that or that metal album sucks ass as well. But I almost don't even count that. That feels like a throwaway. I feel like you can't count it because they did it in it's conjunction like a movie. with their movie. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll throw that one to the side. Concrete and Gold is ass. Ass, ass, ass. There's one song on there that I like. Uh, they, I think it's like the first or second track, Run. I like Sunday Rain I like a lot. That's the one Taylor Hawkins sings. Yeah, yeah. That one's a good one. Other than that, again, back to being limp dick. It's just so, like, lovey-dovey. Everybody, like, just come together and be good for everybody. Like, gooey, like, fucking nonsense. I hate it. It's so hippie bullshit. Yeah, that I don't. I definitely that would either be my least favorite Foo Fighters or uh, I didn't like Sonic Highways either. Other than something from nothing. Yeah, but again, much like I said about physical graffiti, this goes in the same thing as that. Where Sonic Highways only has like eight or nine tracks. Yeah, I think it's eight. And this has like fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, uh, but yeah, I can't say enough bad things about this album. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I also had Glory on my list, the recency bias, but I just trash album. And then uh, number one on my list here was Hunting Party, Linkin Park. Me too. <laughs> and it's 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 more so like, don't get me wrong, I'd rather listen to the songs on this album than like Paramore, This Is Why. But it's because you know the highs that the band is capable of. Yeah. You, you know that the band's capable of way better way shit. way way more and it's the fact that they they're trying different things and like on living things like it worked right they tried something different and it worked they tried something different on hunting party and it's just it didn't work at all it's the level of disappointment you get with this album yes 100 percent. I, I guess the the hype before you listen to it far 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 exceeds the actuality um and yeah i mean it, it's not the worst music i've ever heard but it's not at all inspiring, and it's not even like close to classic Lincoln Park stuff. There's this weird like alt kind of indie and, and pop and some hip hop and there's almost there's some political elements. There's in there political too. elements. There's that god awful song t- Draw Bar with Tom, Tom Morello. Morello. Uh, yeah, I just I hate this album. This I was hate a uh, hate uh, turds or what was I gonna say? I don't know. Just a turd sandwich special from Rick Rubin yeah. producing this album. Yeah. Thanks again, asshole. Um, when you really think about it, I, we already talked about it, but he was the mastermind of some of their worst projects. It, well, not some of them. He is the mastermind of the worst projects in their catalog. It's this and Minutes to Midnight. Oh, I love Minutes to Midnight. Uh, that's I. That's slander right there. Minutes to Midnight is an or amazing am I thinking album. Of, I'm thinking of the next one then. Is the next one The Catalyst? Yeah, you you thinking, thinking of that? I'm thinking I'm thinking of that one. Yeah, yeah. Say, don't don't hate on minutes. No, no, no. I'm thinking of what uh, I've yeah, done. Yeah, Shadow of the yeah, day, yeah, bleed it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but he's uh, he's in charge of both of those. So again, if you're listening, a special fuck you. <laughs> um, all right, that, that wraps up our bottom five albums. Oh, <laughs> do you want to do rattle off bottom five artists real quickly? Oh, wait, uh, we did that last. We week. did that no, last no, week. Yeah, we're good. My bad. Yeah. Three doing... most surprising artists. Yeah. Uh, first for me, Corday. I don't think we've talked about him much yet, but uh, yeah, I just. I, I knew the one song, R&P, and as I listened through it, I just was, like, shocked with the, let's say, the maturity of the music. You know, I was kind of expecting, like, average kind of just 2020s hip-hop, uh, nothing crazy, because I, I feel like I just don't hear the radio play, and maybe that's willful ignorance on my part, um, but he's got depth in his songwriting, his beats are a lot of the time really interesting and fun. Uh, he's got the ability to like switch on a dime, but between different like bits, um, some of the like features he's got in there really really good. The Freddie Gibbs feature, the Eminem feature, um, yeah, just two albums. You know, it's a small sample size, but doing really really good work. Yeah, and the lyrics are good, and he's young. Like he's, I think he's in his mid twenties or whatever. Yeah, and he's married to Naomi Osaka, or yeah. at least dating. But when you when you put him up against like all the mumble mumble rappers, yeah, like, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is no comparison. Yeah, it's two different things, man. He ain't yeah. that. He, he's got a lot of really good shit. Yeah. So first off, for me, on most surprising artists, and it was Kesha. And the reason this made the list was we did Kesha as like a joke almost. Yeah. Because our friend Jake was like, "Hey, you guys should do an artist that you don't like." Like someone like Kesha, I'm like okay, like we'll do Kesha. Yeah. And then we got into it, and it was like, oh, turns out she's actually really talented and has a lot of musical diversity. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our in-depth, really hard look at Kesha. Uh, no, but you hit the nail on the head. She's on my list too, man. Uh, and you know, again, pop's not my go-to, but when I found myself looking for pop, I keep finding myself going back to Kesha, man. There's just it. There's like you said, the musical diversity is it. That's a lot of the times when I have an artist that I don't love, but is kind of in my rotation, that's something that really boosts them up the rankings a little bit. It's just not playing the same song over and over. And you could say that for the first two albums, she kind of did. Um, but then the next three albums, there's a lot of different stuff in there between the rock, country, and pop, and, and the blending of the three. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Um, you know, not all hits, but a lot of hits. Um, and I just think it, it's easy to look at Kesha and say, Oh, that's just, you know, TikTok Kesha. It's crazy, you know, whatever. Um, but I, there, there's more than meets the eye, maybe, to the average person. Yeah, and you wouldn't know it unless you went in and listened to... Exactly, like, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. A lot of those songs you'll never hear on the radio. Yeah, 100%. Uh, especially the last, well, before Gag Order. The two albums before Gag Order, I, I can't think of any that hit the radio, or at least that were on my radar. Uh, no, but there's still some really cool stuff in there for sure. Definitely. Um, all right. So I had Kesha too. So go ahead. Yeah. So most surprising for me was, uh, 21 pilots. What? Well, I, I guess from a lens of like, I'd only really listened to like their radio hits Uh, and I didn't realize like they have like multiple concept albums, like the storytelling, the lyricism, like the genre blending, it was just surprising from that lens. And and it was surprising how much I really, really like a lot of their catalog. I hear that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, 
it certainly surprised me too. I, I didn't know necessarily what I was getting into. And as we've said multiple times, I'm still not quite sure how to explain what we got into. But <laughs> aside to say that, that it's really enjoyable, a lot of it. Yeah, and definitely. there's something for everybody. Uh, maybe not my most surprising artist, but another one on my list here is Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, you know, we only covered the one album. She's got another album. Uh, we covered her second album, Guts. Her first album, I can't remember the name. I think it's, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but regardless, I was just really surprised how much I enjoyed that album. Are we the target audience for this album? No, not even a little bit. But there's still songs that are very relatable to a lot of different people. Um, and, and aside from that, like the writing is is very well done. Uh, it's very polished, and it, it's also a little bit like surprisingly. I guess I just didn't expect that level of like angst and kind of like power from Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, and it's cool because she can make the pop punk work. She can make like the the pop work. She can make like the slow kind of like ballady pop work. Yeah. Like, and, and she's only 20. Yeah, there's, so. there's depth to it. So another one that, at first glance, uh, maybe more than meets the eye. Yeah. Uh, so you, who else do you have on your list? I That's got, it. I only had three. Okay. Yeah, I got three. And then bonus ones, I had uh, Zach Bryan. Just, yeah, it's another one that was kind of on the cusp, yeah. Yeah. Just, again, only had heard a song or two, and I was just really surprised with the songwriting and just kind of like his origin. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, yeah, uh, good stuff. Totally yeah. agree. Um, all right. You want to do this? Uh, so <laughs> last thing we're going to do today, we're going to try to tier rank some of these artists and it's not necessarily a ranking as it is more just classifying, like grouping some of these artists together. So you know what you're getting a little bit. Yeah. So we've, I made this uh, tier list, we've got several different categories. I think the way we're going to go about doing this is taking each artist and then placing them in a category. Okay. Let's do and that. I tried to organize the tiers where it was like the artists I like the least are at the bottom. Yeah. The ones I like the most are at the top and uh, some artists could fit into multiple categories, but we'll try and just place them in one to start. Okay. And um, we're just also let's, let's be very clear. We're going to have to agree to disagree on some of these. Yeah, for sure. And then, the only other thing I want to say is uh, this is all the artists that we reviewed in 2023. Yeah, minus the albums and the, the sampling platter. Right. And let me just pull up one more quick G-Doc. This is funny, though. We got, what, 10, 11 rankings here. Um, some of these are just goofy. Um I think others kind of hit the point home and not, I don't think there's much need to really like in depth cover each artist. We've done a lot of that over the last two episodes now. Um, yeah. Give me, where's my freaking trying to find out where I placed my uh, tears. And oh, gotcha. All right, uh, Ready to Rock. 
Stand by. Testing. One, two, three. Actually, I'm going to pull it up on here because I'm doing the screen recording on the computer, so I don't want it to go back and forth. So I'm going to pull it up on here. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Technical difficulty. I was going to say, this is the first time I've done this, so give me, uh, cut me some slack. Yeah, cut them some slack, people. All right. All so right. first artist up on the list is the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. So let me read the categories for everybody. Oh no no no. We'll just let's. Okay okay fine. Well we'll read them as we go. Yeah. I think Foo Fighters deserves to be in Stone Cold Killers. That's where I had them as well. Perfect. Stone Cold Killers. Stone Cold Killers. Love them. Next. Yeah. So next up is Gloria Sons. Ooh, Glorious Sons. Where did I put these guys? For me, Glorious Sons fall in the category of one great album, the rest is 50-50. Oh, maybe I didn't. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, oh, I had them in underrated artists. Yeah, you could throw them there as well. Uh, but I would I would be okay with, with either of those, honestly. Yeah, let's go. Fine. Let's go with yours. One great album. The rest is 50-50. That makes sense. Yeah, we can review it at the end, too. Okay, I'll put them there for now. Next up, I have Greta Van Fleet. Ooh, let me put this in totally not Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> not Led Zeppelin. And if you say that they are Led Zeppelin, you're wrong. Learn, read a book. <laughs> you could also place uh, Led Zeppelin's on the list. Maybe we could jump to them. You could also place Led Zeppelin in this category ahead uh, of Greta Van Fleet. I don't know. What do you think? Rank one to two. Totally not Led Zeppelin. Let's say one Led Zeppelin, two Greta Van Fleet. Oh, see, I'm going the opposite. I think Greta Van Fleet is less Led Zeppelin than Led Zeppelin. Oh, that's true. I was thinking of it yeah, in the lens yeah, as Led Zeppelin's the better way. than no, Greta Van yes, Fleet. yes, but no, yeah, you got it the wrong <laughs> way. All right. No, <laughs> but uh, I, would say, I would say Led Zeppelin would go in the category of RIP to true goats of the game. Yeah, 100%. I got four artists in this category that I think... We had five artists with with dead members, um, but I think there's one that doesn't quite fit in this category. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, yeah, true goats of the game. I also have four artists in this category. Okay, I think we're on the same page. I think so, too. All right, next. Yeah, next up, you want to do John Party? Ooh, John Party. Where did I put John Party? Uh, oh, I got it. Not allowed to tour with Miranda Lambert. No, no, dude, that's... Ah, I fucked that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, well... We got another guy who's going there. Um, all right. If not there, then let's go to uh, how about solid all around except for the COVID album? Oh, you know what? I think one row might have gotten deleted here. This is supposed to be people I'd like to party with. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> I like that. It's a good one. Good play on words there. I can't believe he hasn't tried that one yet. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like a song that's just titled like Party Time, but like it's his name. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. You should send that to him. <laughs> I've got an idea. Uh so next up we got Kaleo here. Ooh, this one definitely falls into underrated artists for me. Yeah, same here. Okay. Underrated artists. Yeah, they I mean they only have the two albums, but his voices. I mean, he's got one of the best voices. Fantastic, man. He's got to figure a way out to put out some more music. 100%. The next artist is Linkin Park. This has got to be RIP to True Goats of the Game. Yep, totally agree. No contest. Yeah. Uh, next up, I've got The Lumineers. Hmm, The Lumineers. 
Where did I put these fuckers? Uh, where do you have them? Oh, I have them in. Ready? Totally not Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I actually had them in underrated artists, but uh, we can throw them in. Totally not Led Zeppelin. Yes, very much not Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> uh next up i have nirvana which has got to be another r.i.p to two true goats of the game yep falls right in the category done all righty after that i have paramore paramore uh, this could fall into two different categories yes but i think it falls into one better solid all around except for the COVID album <laughs> yeah yep that's where i was leaning to we're if we're not going over this list together we're pretty synchronized right now yeah uh, next up is Shinedown. Stone Cold Killers. You could put them there. I, I'd say you could also put... Uh, Solid all around except for the COVID album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, agree to disagree. That's where if, uh, if I could drag them twice, I would put them in each of those. Fair enough. Next. Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, totally not Led Zeppelin. No. Uh, workout player playlist in smaller doses. Yes. Yes. I'm with you there. Uh, next up, I have The Fray, which I actually had a special category for. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted a special category for this band because I feel like the category I have mint right now is unjust. Yep. I'm adding it right now. The special category is going to be, unless you have a better name, I was going to put Super Ass. Super Ass is good. It, <laughs> it succinctly wraps up the point. Or, or you could even say super ass except for Cable Car and uh, How to Save a Life and yeah. Over My Yeah. 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 Those three songs. All right. Um, after that, I've got Turnpike Troubadours. Turnpike falls squarely in underrated artists. No, 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 no. Turnpike is not allowed to tour with Miranda Lambert. Fuck. Th- remember, this was the story the lead singer yep, yep, no, cheated on his wife with I was Miranda trying, yep, Lambert. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. And then said he didn't want to make music anymore. Ah, uh, yeah. Tough Evan, times. Evan Falconer, I think. Yeah, tough times for the boys. Well, maybe not. I mean, Miranda Lambert, good work. Um, all right, yeah, perfect. Next up, Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan goes into my Stone Cold Killers. Is he a Stone Cold Killer, or is he someone you'd like to party with? Or both? Probably both. I mean, both, yeah. But I think he's more than that. I think Stone Cold Killers, for me, is a little bit more suiting. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, next up is Dreamers. I mean, this one this has got to be underrated artist. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. And then after that, probably same category, USS. Yep, same thing. Or or actually, one great album. The rest is fifty fifty. Yes. Also, yes. Yeah. Okay. Up next. Three Days Grace. Uh, Where are they? Oh, great for the workout playlist. Yes. That's where I had them as well. Uh, Next up, 21 Pilots. Stone Cold Killers. Yep. Next up, The White Stripes. Uh, Let me see here. Is there anywhere I can put them? Uh, what about the category titled Seven Nation Army Couldn't Hold Them Back? Yes. That's a good category. That's exactly for where them. I had them. Not quite on the level of Stone Cold Killers, but really Seven Nation good. Army Couldn't Hold Them Back. Next up, I've got The Struts. 
Yeah, and again, agree to disagree here. I'll have them in Stone Cold Killers, but I think you're going to have them in solid all around except for the COVID album. Yes, that is exactly where I would have them. Okay. COVID album is not a good idea. Bad idea. Just take a Or break. just make an album, but don't make it about COVID. Or don't incorporate elements of COVID. Now, now there's a thought. Nobody, nobody thought of that for like two years. Yeah. Uh, up next is Seether. Great for the workout playlist. I was going to say workout playlist in smaller doses, but same thing. Sure. Um, after that, Matt Mason. I put Matt Mason in one album is great. The rest is 50-50. I think that's fair. I would put him in underrated for me, but I, I can agree with one okay. album's great. Uh, next up is John Mayer, which I think my special category for him got deleted too. So yeah, I don't see any special because, I again... I don't think one album is great. The rest is 50-50. does it quite justice. Yeah, so the category for John Mayer here, and let me just put this above the fray because he is better than the fray, is going to be uh, low-key a creep for dating Taylor Swift when she was 19 and he was 30. Yeah, I don't know how many other artists you could put in that category. There are only one. Only one, yeah, that makes sense. Congratulations for making our tier list, John Mayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just saying that Epstein's Island list is coming out pretty soon. Hey, yo. <laughs> what, what are his odds? Like plus 10,000? I think it was a little bit past his time. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be the most surprising. Plus 10,000. Uh, up next is Kesha. Kesha falls right into my solid all around except the COVID album category no 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 cash has got to be in the people you'd like to party with yes also that yes <laughs> actually yes that's more fitting uh up next th this person could also be in this category but i'd like him in another one instead it would be mac miller yeah i mean the the go-to here is rip to the goats yeah. um what was your alternative people i'd like to party with yeah uh I don't know if Mac's my kind of party guy. He's he strikes me as the guy that like Okay, young Mac Miller, yes. But like, let's say like around the time he dated Ariana Grande to the time he died, he strikes me as more of like the stoner type that just kind of like hangs around and is like goofing off and like I don't know, just like a different vibe. Well, I think closer to when he died was when he started getting into hard hard drugs. I think kids Mac Miller, yes, you might smoke but, but I think he's also like energetic. He's re he's ready to like get into some shit. But you're probably playing drinking games and drinking. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas old Mac Miller probably throws on some music. Yeah, and, and just, just like, doing lines of coke. Yeah, exactly. All right. R.I.P. R.I.P. And then last up, we have Corday. Corday falls in. This is crazy. I'm gonna say Stone Cold Killer. Really? I can't, I can't find a better place for us. Oh, I was gonna say underrated artists. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's better. It's like one of two, because he's not really a workout playlist artist except for a handful of songs. Um, doesn't really have a COVID album. Yeah, yeah, I think Underrated Artist is the right spot. You're right. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yep. But yeah, so I tried to organize this in terms of how much I like the artist. So having John Mayer in the fray at the bottom, I think, is does it some justice. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I would disagree in the way I would uh, rank them top to bottom, but I think these categories, for the most part, fit well. Yeah, I mean, for me, 
I got at the top, Lincoln Park, Nirvana, Zeppelin, Mac Miller, Foo Fighters, Shinedown, Zach Bryan, 21 Pilots. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're like I said, we're in agreement, and if not by very little on most of these artists. Yeah. All righty. Okay, so that's all we got. Um, going into the new year, I think you're up first. Oh, really? Let's double Hell check yeah. that real quick. Glorious Sons. Because you chose Glorious Sons. So you are up first for the new year. Ooh. Take your uh, time. I've actually I've got like five artists I want to choose. Let me pull up the G sheet. Sure, pull up the G sheet. The sheets. I've got a two parter I want to do soon, but I'm not gonna put that for the first one. I'll just say it right now. I got into the Dire Straits over the last Whoa! week. Whoa! I had a uh, song came on uh, like a recommended playlist, and I listened to it. I was like, this this fire. And then I listened to like 10 more, and I was like, oh, yeah, we got to do these guys. Yeah, they kind of rock. Um, So we will do them at some point in Q1. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Mm. I feel like this. I have to. I have to choose someone good for the first one. Yeah, I'd like to not not enjoy my first album of 2024, my first episode. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through the list now. Yeah. There's a lot to choose from. I've got a few on the burner that I'm considering, but I think I... Who do you I, have on the burner? I think I've made up my mind for my first one to be Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, well, no, uh, we've got to do Bring Me the Horizon because the new album comes out January 12th. So that'll be perfect. Not, that'll not, g- not the next one, but the one after. That'll give us some time to like get into it a little bit. So that will be my choice for week three. Yes, week three. And week one here. I want to try and find someone because you're doing Hendrix. So something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah exactly. I guess I'll do. I don't know. I put on uh, a couple of these recently. Let me see how many albums each of these people have you know what we're going to start off the new year with a mystery box we're going to do a mystery box what the fuck is a mystery box we're going to do taylor acorn taylor acorn yep all right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> We're doing Taylor Acorn to start 2024. Everybody get pumped. You know what? I didn't like the energy I just got there. We're going to we're scratch <laughs> that. We're going to do something else. <laughs> Who the fuck is Taylor Acorn? Uh, I was tell, tell me a little bit about Taylor Acorn. I was listening to a pop punk playlist, and okay. she came on there, and I was she's only got like two albums worth of stuff. Oh, I, so I, I was just like a quick. I've never heard of her. I just, that's, yeah. that's all. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> decisions, decisions. If you're still listening, thank you. By the way. Oh, I'll just. No, I'm just. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, Relax. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. How many St- albums do the BC Boys have? Stand by. That would uh, be fun. Maybe like four. No, they've probably got like eight. No fucking way. Dude, they started recording in like. Dude, one of those guys died, or maybe two of them died. I know, and they put out another album. Yeah, bro, they've got eight albums. <laughs> We're not doing Damn. the Beastie Boys. 
Not right away. I should have been prepared for this. What about what about uh what about your girl Selena Gomez? She's hot. She is hot. I don't want to do any of these. Let's see. I don't think I've ever stumped you quite like this. And you were. Oh, here's what we're doing. We're going to do main skin or ma- what, however Mona you pronounce skin. it. Mona skin. That's what we're going to do. Mona skin week one. All righty. Four, nice. four albums. They're, they're really popular. They've got a ton of uh, monthly listeners on Spotify here. 20 million. So I think they're unique enough to where it's, it's out of our normal range of. Yeah, totally. Sight a little sexy. That's what we're going to do. Getting into it. All right. That's interesting. That is something I can. I'm not going to say it. That's a little too sexual innuendo. Uh, that is something I can get excited for. All right. So the plan will be Mona Skin, Mona Skin Jimi Hendrix, Bring Me, Bring the, Me Horizon. the Horizon, and then we will do a something different. Yeah. We'll get away from rock for a minute. Well, no. Then we'll, we should do um, maybe like a sampling platter. Oh, uh, yeah. We can get into our grab bag that we haven't done in a while. Yeah. I think that's what we should do. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. All righty, guys. That sets us up for January. So... Follow us on socials, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Flip the Record. Like, review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you next year. See ya.